Hello, hello, hello. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I am your host, Alicia. I'm a certified life coach and accountant. I'm certified in the state of Connecticut to assist with individual in an active domestic violence and or a sexual abuse situation. I'm also a survivor of domestic violence myself. Self-discovery is here to assist survivors in rediscovering themselves through my podcast with relevant topics where we discuss how, why, and solution. So before we get started tonight, I want you to get your pen, paper, pen, paper, pencil, journal, um, whatever you have that you can write something down on. Um, this is a this is a survivor, and she got a she got a lot of information here. Um, she's been a survivor for oh my god for over could be possibly thirty years. But um, let's not waste any time. Let's get her in. Get her in. Pat, Pat, come on, come on in. Hello. <laughs> Oh, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> okay. And she got jokes too, as you can see. Pat, Pat, yeah. tell us your story, my dear. Tell us. Hey, uh, well, my story began, uh, like she says, I would say 34 years ago when I was uh, involved with an individual and that person... I thought, you know, loved me and, you know, I thought it was like my escape from being trapped under my mother. I mean, you know, want to be free and think you own the world and you can do anything. And you had this person beside you that you trusted and it didn't end up that way uh i would say it started one day that person read my diary and my diary had things in it before i even knew him this was like from high school and he didn't like what he read and he came to me and well he hit me and my very first reaction was, I kicked him out. I, no, I'm not going to let this happen to me. No, go out. And then uh, I was living with my mom at the time, and I had my daughter. And my mother convinced me, I guess, coming from the old school, that he was the father of my child and he was paying the bills and he was good to her and that it just wasn't right for me to just throw him away because of a misunderstanding or he got upset. Mm -hmm. And the words that she said to me, which I will never forget, she said, you probably deserved it anyway. Mm. So, that was strong. Yeah. So I 
of course, I took him back, and it didn't get any better. It started to think it was maybe it was my fault mm. because uh, I did things to make him angry. So you internalize our words. You internalize our words. Yeah. And you made sure you automatically associate every time you he did something to you, you remember what she said. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, I thought, you know, I was doing things that, you know, make them make him angry. And it was probably my fault. And I could probably change him. If I can make him that angry, then I can make him happy. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't get better. Then at one point, my mother kicked us both out. Oh, I guess she couldn't take it neither. But I don't know. I don't know if you want to say that you do you remember that? Because we came to stay with you. Yes. I remember (laughs) that. Yeah. Uh, She had did that. But still not saying like she thought she was wrong or what she said to me was wrong. She never admitted that at all. Did you ever spoke to her and said, mom, what you said to me, I took it to heart. You know what? I had that talk with my mother two, I think it was two, maybe three years before she passed away. And did she remember? She denies it. Mm. She never admitted it. Mm. And I said, that's the only thing I remember from her. <laughs> I'll never forget those words. Well, um, but you know, when she, by the time she passed, I mean, I got everything out good. that I had the issue with my mother. Good. I got it all out and we were on good terms. That, good. And I think that's the, why I really didn't boo. I mean, really boohoo crying at her funeral because we had yeah. our conversation and we got close. I mean, to give but and I didn't I did blame her mm-hmm. at first mm-hmm. and then after I finally did leave him mm-hmm. and I vowed that no man mm-hmm. was ever gonna do that to me again mm-hmm. anytime I even felt like mm-hmm. that it was going to go, even if it didn't get that far, mm-hmm. got that close to where I was feeling guilty about making that person angry or that person was going to hit me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even let it get that far. So um, one of the things I want to ask you now, you said he hit you. Now, how long did this abuse continue before you finally left because that's that's important a lot of people want to and to me there's no there's no set time frame it's a no case by case situation so for you how long did it take you to walk away it let's see uh my daughter was about or when at one point 
I had got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And there was an incident where he got angry because I caught him with another female person. And we were living together. And the person that he had got involved with lived in his hometown. Mm-hmm. So whenever he went to go like visit his mom or something like that, he would go see her. And then they had a relationship. And then he brought her back to our place. Okay, that was bold of him. Yes. Uh, so um, one time I was I came home from work. And he had her in the apartment and the door was locked and the chain was on. So I couldn't get into the apartment. Mm -hmm. So I went and got the police Mm -hmm. and had them come to the apartment. They came inside and the police were like, "Uh, what's going on here? So I said, I live here and they don't. So the police escorted them out mm-hmm. and uh, later that night, as far as I know, they just escorted them off off the city limits yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he took I guess he took her home mm-hmm. and then he came back and um, he broke into the apartment. And, you know, ripped out the phone so I couldn't call anybody and basically beat me up and I lost the baby. Mm -hmm. And then... He did know you were pregnant, right? Oh, yeah. He knew I was pregnant. And the fact that uh, it didn't really bother him that I lost the baby because the girl he was with mm-hmm. she was pregnant oh okay so uh then you know you i kept him around mm-hmm. basically because i was scared mm-hmm. and i didn't want to be by myself and at the time my daughter was staying with my mom because mm-hmm. I didn't want my daughter to witness, you know, what was going on. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So I get pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the abuse still goes on. And again, this the woman that he had this uh, affair with, she has his son. And, you know, that's a big thing. He wanted, you know, have a son. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm pregnant, like I said, again. Mm-hmm. And this time, I'm, I guess, I'm a bit stronger mm-hmm. where this time I'm not going to let him abuse me anymore I'm like because I'm not gonna lose this baby mm-hmm. because of him and I know I'm gonna have to move mm-hmm. um 
I made sure I had enough money and mm-hmm. uh, contacts or whatever. And then I moved. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know where I was. Okay. He couldn't find me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think I moved back with my mom, but my mom had moved by then. Because mm-hmm. we used to live around the corner from you. That's when we all moved mm-hmm. to the other side of town. Mm-hmm. And I never let him know where I moved to. Mm-hmm. And then I had the second one. Mm-hmm. I let his family know mm-hmm. and they didn't believe me that mm-hmm. he was Abusive. abusing me. So I had nothing to do with his side of the family. Mm-hmm. I stayed with my mom. I had my other child. Mm-hmm. She never got to meet him mm-hmm. or his side of the family mm-hmm. until recently. Okay. And um, I had to find, I found out, or actually my sister found out that he passed away Mm -hmm. in 2012. Wow. And uh, he was still with that other woman that he had fooled around with between me and Mm-hmm. my two kids from him mm-hmm. and um I told my children what I found out that you know he passed away and everything mm-hmm. my oldest who remembers him mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have anything to do with you know mm-hmm. him his family and nothing like that but the other one the one that never met him she contacted that side of the family her father's side of the family Mm -hmm. and she to this day she still contacts her I guess her half sister Mm -hmm. and uh, but my oldest she doesn't she doesn't want to hear anything about her father or his side of the family. Is it because she, from you telling her the story where they couldn't believe it or because what she might've known at some point in time? I, she, might have, she has never like come to me and told me like if she known or if she's seen anything. Mm-hmm. Cause I tried not to let, you know, mm-hmm. anybody see what's going on. Cause I was ashamed of, you know, letting somebody do that to me. Mm-hmm. And to stay so long, mm-hmm. just so I can, you know, get my courage and save up enough money so I can just get out of there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't even tell that, you know, I couldn't tell them I daughter like where he is or mm-hmm. I waited till she was grown before I let her know your father lives here do you want to go see him or contact him but I can't contact him mm-hmm. I had to get an order of protection so he yeah. wouldn't yes, sir. come near me mm-hmm. and even though I know order of protection is just a piece of paper 
but it's a piece of paper that will let me defend myself Mm -hmm. and not go to jail for that. Mm -hmm. That's all that piece of paper does. It's not going to stop that person from coming after me, but it, but I, I can definitely, it gave me peace of mind that I cannot, I don't want to curse. I can knock him out. Well, that's a good thing about that. Stop him with any means necessary. Yeah, that's one thing I want to ask you too. You know, um, for me, I didn't, I didn't know much about domestic violence. My thought about domestic violence is the physical aspect of my mother and father fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's what that's what I know. Domestic violence. You, I knew you were in a domestic violence. I don't even know if I call it domestic violence back then. We just call that ease me. No. My, my, my phrase would have been ease yeah. me because it's hitting you and he shouldn't hit you. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. It had no title. It had no title. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I would never think of my peers, my friend in a domestic situation because I never really had a clear understanding of what domestic violence was. I didn't mm-hmm. think it came in my neighborhood, my circle, because then I, mm-hmm. I create my family, my mother and father to be in that situation. I know they fight. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. So as far as the shame and stuff, I never, my thing for you, I always felt, you know, I used to get emotional. <laughs> I mm-hmm. get all tight and, you know what I mean? <laughs> and things, mm-hmm. I, just the fact that seeing somebody hit you or see when you bruise, to me, I never thought about the embarrassment. I thought about the pain that you were feeling. If anything, the, the pain that you were feeling and, mm-hmm. and that what disturbed me. When did you identify that you were in a domestic situation? Mm. I don't remember when I realized, I do remember when the police called it that. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when I went to make the, you know, the, charge Mm -hmm. yeah and he says it's domestic violence I'm like I don't know what that means (laughs) and they said well you'll just sign this this means that he's not gonna come and you know bother you anymore I'm like "Mm, I don't think a piece of paper is gonna stop anybody are you gonna come and get him they say, if you call us, but see, but I'm like, that's not going to help me if I have to call you. But if I, if he gets to me, then I can't call you to come get him. And there was he no says, well, you go to the court and you see the, uh, the judge and the judge told me, you know, this piece of paper says you have the right to defend yourself and your children against this man. This is, he's not to come this amount of feet or whatever within your I'm like okay and I said he's going to get one of these notices too so he knows he's not supposed to he said yes we're going to send one to him too I'm like okay all right domestic violence all right (laughs) me. I did not I'm telling you it took me a long time and for me for my relationship as you know he was never physical until I decided to leave. I got more mm-hmm. emotional and mental abuse with all the shenanigans and nonsense he did. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, 
financial abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, a lot of people definitely didn't equate that to domestic violence, much less I didn't even realize, you know, and as time went on and more things, I'm starting to be more aware of what it was mm-hmm. a lot because back then we're talking about, you know, in the, in the eighties mm-hmm. um, and early nineties, it wasn't really, it's not really talked about. It's not no. us. And a lot of people, since they equate it with shame, mm-hmm. they're not going to let anybody else know, mm-hmm. even though it would help a whole lot if people knew mm-hmm. more and to realize it early because mm-hmm. nobody tells you and you being a teenager when it starts out when you're a teenager mm-hmm. you're doing this despite your parents because you want to be grown and you think you know everything mm-hmm. and when somebody challenges you on that you don't want to go back and with your tail between your legs and saying oh your parents was right maybe I should have just listened teenagers don't want to do that they don't want to hear that they want to be able to do it oh I can do it I can make them stop doing this Mm -hmm. but no you can't that person has to realize it themselves to stop doing it because you can't make somebody stop doing that no, abuse is a behavior. It's a behavior that is taught, is um, they observe and do based on their mm-hmm. environment, and it's a behavior that can be changed. But first, they also have to acknowledge that they're in, they're, uh, they are an abuser, and mm-hmm. what they're doing is wrong. And then, after they acknowledge that, being accountable, then they have to make this, take the steps to change. And that's important. Um, I have to say, for me, I talked a lot with me and Sydney. I told everybody. I blabbed mm-hmm. and blabbed. People at my job knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. I told whoever's willing to listen, I'm tell, you know, I talk too much. Um, mm-hmm. I tell, tell, tell. And that's one thing um, I don't regret. Um, in some of my decision making, I felt kind of stupid, but I'd rather tell still anyway. I'd rather enough people around me know what's going on because my philosophy is always. I will scream if something happened and I always scream even now today's and it's, it's, I even did it before me and him. If something's about to happen, I scream because mm-hmm. always by thought processes, if I wait till I get hit or get hit by a car and scream, I won't be able to scream. I'll be dead. So mm-hmm. scream before the situation occurs. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I'm able to do it, you know? And so even with him, you know, I, I told so many people and I have to, I have to say for me, um, is family, um, my ex-husband family have been very supportive um, mm-hmm. during the entire process. Um, we, I'm still on good terms with them. They still welcome me and everything. And so I've been very fortunate in that aspect because they all realize the kind of person he is. I don't ask them to choose however, because he is blood, I am not. But mm-hmm. they do realize the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I question, I want to ask you, in your journey of understanding what domestic violence is, can you look back today as you are a mature woman and look back and say, what would you say to your younger self at that point? I wouldn't have listened. I wouldn't have listened. I know I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have listened. 
bent L and being grown. Yeah. Yes, I was bent on I can do it better than like my mother growing up because my father didn't live with us. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to do that to my children. I'm going to have a Cosby kind of household, you know, yeah. mother and father there and 2.5 kids and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Okay. So you were determined. So you had your own yeah. inner belief and your own thing based on your environment. You said that yeah. I want my life to look differently. Yeah. And because of that, I'm going to take the steps required at any cost. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so your younger self wouldn't have listened and you don't think <clears throat> there's any way you could have phrased it. And, and uh, uh, now, now since you um, were able to leave him and you I would look back. Hmm? See that, cause even like the signs that you know that something is wrong. Yeah. How I, it's hard for me to even tell someone like I'll, like if I see any signs going toward my children, mm -hmm. I would tell them. Like I told, it happened to one of my children, mm -hmm. but they don't want to listen to me. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't have a man or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, that's my choice. It's not like I couldn't get one. It's just my choice mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, you can go and run, a, well, not run away, but you think you can go out on your own and go live with this person that you hardly know. Mm -hmm. You're not going to stay there for free. No, it's not. You're not. Cost to live. And, there's, and if he doesn't get what he wants out of you, he's going to try to be your father mm -hmm. and demand it from you. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that I know she doesn't think I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He's going to lay a hand on you because he doesn't want you close to your family. Mm -hmm. He wants you all to himself and I he don't want you thinking about nothing else but him. Mm -hmm. And if you even try to make friends, mm -hmm. he's going to stop that, nip that at the bud. Mm -hmm. And the only way he's going to do that is to control you. He's going to try to control you and treat you like a dog. You, you know, if you don't do what he says, he's going to hit you on the head with a newspaper. Mm -hmm. But, oh, no, that's not going to happen. You don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. And it did happen to her. But I know she wouldn't come to me and tell me because she don't want me to say, I told you so. Now, would and you I, say that? Now, would you tell her yes. that? Why? I actually, why? Why would you, why would you feel the need to say that? Because I, I, uh, my mom did it to me sarcastically all the time. Yeah, she but, did it to me. But did it, did it help the situation? Did no, it, it didn't. But I'm okay. just saying, I, I can't sometimes... I can't help myself. It will take me a long time before I can, like, now I'm, I've learned mm -hmm. because, you know, the, you get more, you know, flies with sugar than you do with vinegar. Yeah. So 
I will listen. Mm-hmm. Let them tell me whatever. And unless they ask me for my opinion, mm-hmm. I'll keep it to myself. Yes. Um, you know, so, suggestion, right. suggestion, um, open, non-judgmental. And non-judgmental is easier said than done. You know, as a life coach, <laughs> I practice that every day because as human nature, mm-hmm. want to see people, judge them, and then say, if I were you, I would, and it's not about if you were them, mm-hmm. it's their life, it's their path. Mm-hmm. Not only that, there's no two situation that's the same. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, domestic violence is an umbrella and a lot of people mm-hmm. fall underneath it. Mm-hmm. And we all want the same end result once we fall underneath that umbrella and that is to exit safe. But our path there is different. I don't care mm-hmm. what the title says on top. Our path, our situation from start to finish is different. The only thing we all want at the end is to leave mm-hmm. safe. And you got to be me, easier said than done, I know. But that's that's a, that's a work. That's work that require. Let me tell you a situation that happened mm-hmm. recently at uh, my work. Yeah. Uh, a coworker called and said he was going to be late mm-hmm. um at first he called he said he can't come in because he's got a black eye and such and such, such so supervisor wasn't feeling that he was like just put makeup on it and come in mm-hmm. uh so when he comes in mm-hmm. he looks like you know that episode of martin when he got beat up <laughs> and his face martin, was all well, swollen and his lip was all big and his eyes almost swollen shut oh my wow he looked like that so we're like what happened his stepfather was abusing the mother and he jumps in Mm -hmm. to i guess save her or whatever Mm -hmm. um and he, by the looks of it, he can't fight. So, the stepfather beats him up. That's oh, that's foul. Mm. And at the end of it, he's trying to get the mother to leave. The mm-hmm. stepfather, the mother is not leaving. She's gonna stay with him. Mm-hmm. So, even though it's like none of my business, mm-hmm. but I told him you're gonna have to leave your mom alone because if you trying to defend her against this man and the police come and she still goes to the man. Mm -hmm. She's not even going to go to her son. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to leave her alone. I said, it's none of my business and I can't tell you what to do because it's your mom, but you're going to have to leave her alone. Yeah. And for his own safety, you know, sometimes when I think I tell people how to help a victim is being patient because you know something, Stockholm syndrome, you know, the fact remain abuser groom the person mm-hmm. they abuse. They groom them. They From know the, all the key. In the beginning. They beat them down, you know, and I tell people not all victims start out weak. They're mm-hmm. strong people, but all that abuser has to find out is the right ingredient, that vulnerability, that small little vulnerability and work mm-hmm. it and work it over a period of time. Some women are able to walk away. 
but domestic mm -hmm. violence does not discriminate from, you can have all the alphabet after your name as far as accreditation. You know, you could be a CFA, a CPA, a doctor. It doesn't mm -hmm. discriminate. You could be wealthy, you could be poverty stricken, you could be poor. Discriminate because there is an abuser at every level. And mm -hmm. they know how to groom you. And if you go in a situation where you don't love yourself, Mm -hmm. or you have a small vulnerability in there, that person will find it. And not mm -hmm. all of them work hard. If, if you give them some, you know, and the, the different, sometimes some abuser will come in, you, you're strong, they don't, they leave. So there's a different one. Someone like a challenge and they like the strong women and they'll work it. Mm -hmm. They'll stay, they'll stay if they get the opportunity. So it's about learning the sign. But if his mom Never, I don't know her situation, but if she's lacking self-love, mm -hmm. then, you know, that right there. And if she's been with him for a long time, it's going to take a lot for her mm -hmm. to realize that she's in a bad situation because 90% of the time after they beat you, then the honeymoon phase starts all over again. Mm -hmm. Where they promise they won't hit you. They tell you mm -hmm. they love you. And they, they smoosh you and coosh you and, and just, you know, pamper you for that minute. Mm -hmm. and, and then you start thinking, oh, look how loving they are. They can be nice. So when something Until happens, you go back and blame yourself. Because if he was so nice before, why can't he stay nice? And you associate him not being nice with you doing something wrong. Yeah. But, um, for his safety, you did give him the right insight. And, you know, hopefully he keep in contact with his mom from a distance for his own safety, but check on her and, you know, tell him to find out their local shelter advocate mm -hmm. agency in their, in their location. And, you know, see if his mom was willing to speak to somebody there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. You know I mean? Just, just, just sometimes it's about giving the person the tools or letting them know that, it's available yeah. not to take them there because you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. That person has yeah. to be ready, but as long as they know the tools are there and, you know, Tom to also discuss the safety plan with his mom. If something were to happen and she needs to run, what would she do? You know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what's the, what's her means of escape? Tell him that if nothing else, she wants to stay, say fine, but at least come up with a safety plan with me in case things get really out of hand. How are you going to mm -hmm. get away? So tell him to discuss that with her and him, you know, together with his mom, come up with a safety plan for her. Where situation arises and she needs to escape, she can. And, and code word for him to, you know, be able to, you know, get to her. Whatever they, they, they she knows her abuser. She knows what triggers him. She knows, mm -hmm. you know, different things. So she, she pretty much, I'm surprised. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised that she, you know, wouldn't have some thought in her mind when he gets mm -hmm. violence. This is what I need to do to get out of his way. Because I would say most victims have a plan. And coming back to that, did you have an escape plan without even considering it an escape plan? Uh, I think my escape plan was to just grab my things, make sure I had enough, save up enough money so I can get out and, you know, find a place to stay that he doesn't know where I'm at. 
Yeah, but that was the escape plan long term. But what about in the short term? Like if he was there, what would you do to get away? Did you have a plan for that? No, I would just leave. Because at the time, like I said, I was pregnant mm -hmm. with my second child. Mm -hmm. So uh, the last attack, mm -hmm. the neighbors called the police. Oh, Thank God. And that was the last time I saw him when they took him away because mm -hmm. when they took him away i got my stuff together and i left i moved i left whatever i could leave in the house mm -hmm. i left it there mm -hmm. and i just moved away back? nope huh? he had I actually sent um my oldest a birthday card when she was five mm -hmm. it was sent to the old house where my mom lived mm -hmm around the corner from you. Mm -hmm. He had sent a birthday card to my oldest on the fifth birthday. Okay. But we had moved from there. Mm -hmm. And because we knew the people, I mean, the landlord of that house, so we get the mail and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he never, at least he never came out to try to find us. Mm -hmm. He could have found us, but he wasn't that smart. So he, he lived over on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never got to see him again. Okay, good. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad it turned out. Now, do you feel that this situation impact your children or did it impact you in any way how you conduct your life after that? Um. You mean like relationships? Relationship, any type of relationship, trust of people, just in general, you're being physically abused, mental, emotional, all that kind of stuff, and how you felt about yourself. Did that carry over, spill over in any other part of your life? Yeah, because um, I always thought I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And usually with relationships um i would try not to be well i did get into a relationship mm -hmm. with my last child's mm -hmm. father mm -hmm. and i said that was going to be different mm -hmm. um and when I first started talking to that person, I told him about the abuse that mm -hmm. I got from the last one. And I said, that's not gonna happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I let them know that if we argue or, or if we're fighting, mm -hmm. we're gonna keep fighting until somebody dies. Because mm -hmm. he's, trying to be this big macho thing. And I guess he wanted me to be afraid of him. I'm, I'm like, no, if you hit me, mm -hmm. we're gonna keep fighting until somebody dies. Mm -hmm. Cause I knew his attitude mm -hmm. and I said, well, I got a new attitude. I'm not gonna let nobody abuse me ever again. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. One of us is gonna have to die. And it hasn't come to that. He's never hit me, which I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. But he's, 
I hate to say, still an idiot, but <laughs> but um, how was that? But uh, there any abuse in that relationship? Besides, okay, we admit physical. Was there any abuse in that relationship? To me, no. But I think my children were. There was some abuse, I think, with my children. Okay. But I didn't find this out. The children didn't tell me this until years later. Okay. After we're not even together. So I just spoke with the other, my mm-hmm. second child, mm-hmm. when they came to visit me. We had a nice long talk, just like that talk I had with my mom. Mm-hmm. We aired everything out and had all our feelings, cried some tears and had mimosas and we got through everything. Mm-hmm. So she told me that this person abused her or whatever. I said, well, why didn't you tell me at the time? Mm-hmm. And she really didn't have an answer for me. She was, I guess, ashamed. Well, as a child, too, as a child, you look at the person, as the authority figure, the person there to protect you. Yeah. How do you tell? And they base and will my mother believe me? So there's a lot going to as a child. Mm-hmm. It's a very, a child can be intimidated, and it all depends on what that person tells them. If you tell, you're going to break up the family if you tell. Mm-hmm. So when their abuser, could they groom, they groom the child. They make the environment seem like they would never. And so mm-hmm. on the outside, people will never suspect them. So then they let the child know that. If you tell, mm-hmm. no one will believe you. So I'm just saying that because I know those are some of the things because that's what that's what I do. I'm um I'm a um an advocate for the sexual assault hotline. And we deal with children. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the things the abuser do. They groom the child, get the confidence of the child, mm-hmm. where the point the child trusts them and the people around them trust them. Mm-hmm. And so now if the child come and say something based on what they told them, the child is skeptical. Will people believe me? Will I break up my family? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that goes on that that person mm-hmm. set tone for. Now, so you didn't see that. Now, I remember that relationship. Back then, I didn't know what was going on, but I felt there was something wrong in that relationship when I looked mm-hmm. when I looked in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Stuff, but I didn't know what was going on. But I know I, it didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you how to run your relationship. I know I spoke mm-hmm. on it a few times back then, but I never pushed the issue. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're my friend. I'm going to be around still. So mm-hmm. I don't have to love or like who you are with. I just have to respect your relationship. Mm-hmm. I could never pinpoint exactly what was going on, but I knew something wasn't right with it. Mm-hmm. But now that your children have mentioned it to you, can you look back and see the sign? Now that you have a clear picture of just what was taking place, when you reflect back, do you see the signs? No, I, I, I don't see it. Um, no, 
Because I, um, so you're going to make me cry. Don't know. It's all right. Breathe. <sighs> listen, 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 breathe, my dear. We don't have to continue the conversation if it's upset you, okay? Okay? Breathe. Take that moment. Take that moment. Breathe. We're all human. Okay? We're all human. Because you always think that And you know that you, you know you're not perfect, but you don't want to think that you were that wrong or that stupid. No, 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 no. It's not about <laughs> being wrong or stupid. It's being blinded by the dream of having a stable home for your family and thinking you have it and not believing that person would betray you like that. No, no, there's nothing stupid. There's nothing dumb, just uninformed and just not, you know what I mean? Not that at all. But um, this is this is all about healing too, because sometimes we have to dig deep in ourselves to see what happened and learn from it, to heal, for you to heal as well to forgive yourself, to forgive that person, but first you have to dig deep within yourself to see. And, you know, people who abuse children, they're very good at what they do. You know what I'm trying to say? They're sick, but they're also good at what they do. 90% of the time, people who abuse children were abused as a child. Well, not making an excuse, but letting you know that these people, they're not amateur. And I remember you working two, three jobs. And this person came in as a babysitter, you know, not only the father to one of the child, but a babysitter, a, another adult you could rely on while you were out there working your many jobs to provide for your children. But I'm glad they told you, I'm glad they told you. Now, are they going to get therapy for it? Or they feel, you know, what, what are they thought on that? Well, um... One of them is doing therapy. Mm -hmm. But um, the other one didn't say anything to me. And um, I, um, I always felt the abuse was more with the older one. That's what I would have thought more. But are you going to get counseling? 
Probably not. <laughs> okay. Listen, got to I don't think so. That's all right. There's no right, no wrong, no have to, no nothing. Um, the fact that you are aware now and you can reflect, do you journal? Sometimes, sometimes. Okay. So that's the outlet. That's an outlet. Start there. And are you talking more with your children now that that's out on the table, that have it made it easier to communicate with them? Yeah. Good. 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 Because that's what you want. We all have pain. And one of the things healing is communication and talking because you want to make sure when they get to that stage in their life, they don't carry over those things into their relationship and stuff. And they can build on their relationship. And that only happened through healing. And healing is a process. It's not one, two, three. It's not five months. It's not three days. There's no time frame. And everyone is different and everyone healed differently and everyone different tools to heal. But definitely acknowledging the situation is always the first step. It brings clarity to you. I'm asked a question, talking about it now, how does that make you feel? Do you mind? That cat don't want to go away. <laughs> no, I <sighs> cat. The cat can tell you're emotional. Cats are comforting. They're like dogs. They can sense that, <laughs> oh, mommy upset. Let me come up to her so she can pet me. <laughs> That's what he wants. Oh pet me, mommy. Pet me, mommy. Oh. You'll feel better if you pet me. <laughs> That's what he wants. See? You're smiling. All right. All right, all right. See, I Just see don't the touch, face. Don't touch the screen. <laughs> I see the smile on your face. You see that that's softening <laughs> that softening you because he needs the little attention. But talking about it, did it make you feel any better to release that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a start. It's a start cleansing, acknowledging your feelings. It's always a start. You got to start somewhere to heal. And so you have started the healing process. Your children have started the healing process. So we, we gotta talk more about that, but what tidbit can you give people out there listening to pay attention to as far as relationship goes, um, being in a not so nice situation, um, whether it be an abuser that abused you or someone who might um, Miss Bridget Shilford, what tidbit can you give anyone out there listening to this? Um, you gotta think more of yourself. Mm -hmm. Think higher of yourself, and don't let no one, nobody to put you down. I mean, don't allow anyone to put you down mm -hmm. because everybody is worth having a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's missing something, they're gonna 
try to get it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you can only really make yourself happy. I mean, someone can um, add to your happiness, mm-hmm. but really you can't put that on somebody else to make you happy. You are so correct. You are absolutely correct. Um, self-love is from within. And if you can love yourself and you know how to love yourself, you can show someone how to love you. Yeah. yeah. And by setting boundaries, part of self-love, and people don't realize that part of self-love is setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Physical boundary, emotional boundary, mental boundary. Knowing when enough is enough and stepping back. And when you have that healthy, not saying that we all don't have bad days and things, you know, but when you operate in a self-love mode, you're always able to recuperate. Yes. There is no such perfect things going on. You're going to recuperate and be able to pull back and address yeah. your- oh. She was telling you. Let's <laughs> As I was saying, um, you know, loving yourself and setting those boundaries and teaching boundaries in your home set you and your children up for success. Success in the sense that give them some of the tools they need. And it's never too late to build on those things. It's never too late to learn to love yourself. And loving yourself is a difficult process. Um, it's not just about material objects mm-hmm. um, i know a lot of young people today feel that self-love mean that buying all the bling mm-hmm. dressing really nice <laughs> in the name brand you know getting the sharp haircut for guys the girl doing the hair um that's nice too you know to take well groom yourself physically but it's more mm-hmm. about the internal aspect of what's your value where do you see yourself what do you consider yourself do you feel you are worthy of all the good things that come in this world? And also, one of the things that kids must realize, besides for knowing that you are worthy of everything, you deserve good things, the things around you, they're yours. Not being, not feeling entitlement, and there's a difference between self-love and entitlement. Mm-hmm. Loving yourself means that you will making sure you're healthy, you eat properly, you get up in the morning, go to work, go to school, do your academic work, you know what I mean? Getting enough sleep, drinking water. Those are part of self-love because you love yourself enough, you're going to take care of yourself. You love yourself enough to listen to your body, knowing that I need to go to the doctor. I don't feel good up here. I need to take a break. My instinct is telling me something. Let me listen to it. Trust in your instinct. That's a part of self-love and self-care. Learning how to trust your instinct because your instinct is not wrong. Elevating yourself upward, having that positive energy and surrounding yourself with positive energy. We are energy. Our body's made up of energy, real energy. And if you and you are feeling depressed and sad and anxiety, that low your energy level. And when someone has a low level energy, they usually depress if you know mm-hmm. someone is depressed and anxiety they're unable to do things mm-hmm. and all those things are part of self-care being in tune with your body emotionally so my dear pat i am glad that you gave me the opportunity to be on my podcast and 
bear your soul to me is appreciated. And I'm positive 110% that somebody's going to listen to that and said, you know something, that sounds like my story. And they're going to be younger than us. And they're going to say, wow, I got time to get out. <laughs> they're going to say, I got time to get out. It sounds <laughs> like me. It sounds like I'm walking into that situation and I need to run, run like I'm on fire. Mm-hmm. Get out. Because it doesn't get any better. No. Once a person hits you, there is a good chance that they're going to hit you again. Now, can a person change? Yes. Yes. But, and I don't like saying the word, but for a person to change, it requires acknowledgement and accountability. (laughs) Thank you, my dear. And accountability. Accountability is key to change. You have to acknowledge and be accountable to start that process. So I'm going to say, I'm going to wrap it up and we must have more conversations. (laughs) Definitely. So my dear people, we're going to wrap it up tonight. It's been a very good conversation, very honest, very raw conversation. And I hope someone have written something down that they can definitely take away from here. Um, For help, if you're in a domestic violence situation, go to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, Google it. Under there, you'll find a coalition in your state. Connecticut have a coalition, New Jersey, everywhere. Texas, regardless of where you are, Hawaii, there is a coalition that will help survivors or victim. They have shelter listed. They have advocacy. These advocacy can help you with court, getting protection order, order protection, doing all these things for you. They can get you a lawyer. They can help you through the process. Even with um, different abuse situation, they can help you. So keep in mind, if you are someone in that situation and you want to get out, Google, if you can go to the public library, Google National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Under there, you will find, and they also have um, their emergency where you can just go online and you get all the information and just put on your in your phone. Once again, go to the library, just say you're looking for help. The police department also can assist you and guide you to a shelter or to an advocacy that can help you. So there's a, quite a few different ways. You just get on that phone. Google it, go to the library, Google it. Go to any public space that might have a computer access that you can use and Google it and you should be able to um, get some help. So we're gonna wrap it up right now. So I'm going to say, remember self-love and self-care with positive affirmation is feeding one mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. And so therefore love yourself from head to toe. My podcast is dropped every other Wednesday. I drop a new podcast at seven o'clock on Anchor. It's called Self Discovery. And you can find me on Facebook under self, S-E-L-F is the acronym and it stands for Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. You also can find me on Instagram under self transition life coach. And my website is Survivor Empowered Life Coach Financial. I coach survivors of domestic violence. I am certified in that area. And I also coach individual in just making life goals, life transition, life changes. 
So um, I'm here. You can hit me up on Instagram. You can hit me up on Facebook. You can um, DM me. So have a beautiful night, everyone. God bless. Bye.